0: I preached at a place the other day and they said, we've done more praying and watch you try to get up the stairs than any other time in our life. <laughs> people need the Lord. And on the back of the strap that my mother used, it had another hymn written, I need thee every hour. <laughs> and uh, we certainly need the Lord. Lost people need the Lord, but let's don't forget that we need him every day. I want you to turn, if you would, to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Gonna read a text that has haunted me for a number of years and I've whispered under my breath many times, especially at the side of a saint of God that I love dearly, that's getting ready to depart, at the bedside of a child that is so sick and the parents are so grieved Sometimes just driving down the road and you see somebody limping along life's way, destitute and ruined. And I remember this text. If we just had one day of the Son of Man, just one day that He was still with us, I'm telling you He could raise the dead, open the eyes of the blind, the deaf to hear, the crippled to walk, those in bondage set free. And I'm telling you, there have been many a time that I remember this scripture. Luke chapter 17, verse 22. What a privilege it is to be back with you, I love you. I appreciate the encouragement I receive when I come here. And Brother Hunt, I've told you never to tell anybody my first name. And he announced me as Robert in front of God and everybody. And uh, the reason for that is uh, sometimes parents name their children a name they never call them. I don't understand that. They always called me Mark. But it's come in quite handy because when a bill collector says it's Robert there, I said, he don't live here. All right. Luke chapter 17, verse 22. And he said unto the disciples, the days will come. Y'all ever feel that? Boy, those days will come. If you haven't been through those kind of days, hang on, honey, you'll, you'll have them. When you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it. And they shall say to you, see here or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. As the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the one part under heaven, the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first, he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you. We thank you for the privilege that we have, the awesome privilege of being in the house of God tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would help us preach. Anoint us with the Holy Ghost. Break the loaf to your people. May we receive what you have. Save the lost, edify the church, heal the sick, fill us with your spirit, and may we go through this life dressed in white, telling the story, sharing the gospel. We ask in Jesus' name and all the people said. Now, this." term that he used, he called himself the son of man. And of all the titles that Christ had while he was here on earth as uh, our savior walking like a human as he was very God and very man, of all the names he called himself, there was none other name that even pales to the comparison of the number of times that he said, I am the Son of Man, or who I am, the Son of Man. Over a hundred times he calls himself and designates himself as the Son of Man. Now let me tell you, the Pharisees and Sadducees did not appreciate that one bit. Because you see in the Old Testament, the term Son of Man was often used referring to the Messiah. Because what a mysterious name and a hidden name it was. No one knew what the real name of the Savior was going to be, so they often called him the Son of Man. This angered the religious folks that he would title himself so. But not only did it refer to him as being the Messiah, it also referred to him as being the head of the human family, the man who both furnished the pattern for us and he was also the perfect man. And this is why he referred to himself as the son of man for he came on behalf of all mankind not just a chosen few Christ said uh, that he came to be the son of man and that means the entire race of mankind Second Corinthians 5 15 he died for all not, There is not an ounce of truth when a person will say he did not die for everybody. He did not shed his blood for everybody. He died for all. And whosoever will shall come and be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now Jesus could have called himself, and rightfully so, he could have called himself the son of God, couldn't he? Of course he could. In the book of Matthew, in the book of Mark, and in the book of John, we find the recording of that great declaration that Peter made. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. My father which is in heaven has revealed that to you. I want you to know, that when you are born again, there's a spirit of God within you that will confirm that very thing. I can look up to heaven tonight and I can say, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, and praise Him just with that declaration. Would you all do that with me? Would you let's just look up and tell Him that, all right? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I want you to tell you, it pleases the Father when you glorify the Son and magnify him, it always does. But Peter wasn't the only one that had that revelation. For in the book of Luke, chapter four and verse 41, it says that when Jesus was casting out the devils out of many, many people, that as the devils were leaving, guess what they said? Thou art the Christ, the Son of God. They recognized who he was. They feared and trembled at him. He is Christ, the Son of the living God. And yet Jesus chose to call Himself the Son of Man. You see, Jesus was a very common name. Matter of fact, it was so common, some people believe there are more people named Jesus during His days than any other boy's name. Because you see, He did not come that way to be untouchable and unreachable. He came to be identified with us. Why was Jesus baptized? To be a symbol that He had sin and had them forgiven? Of course not. He was baptized to identify Himself with us. Why was I baptized? To identify myself with Him. Our text mentions this title, Son of Man, in two different ways. In verse 22 it says, The days of the Son of Man. And verse 24 says, The Son of Man in His days. The days of the Son of Man refers to the times that Jesus walked here on earth. Now, as He walked here on earth, He had a body like unto ours. But the second time in verse 24 speaks of another time when the Son of Man is in His day. Let me tell you, honey, someday the Son of Man is going to return in His day. And when He does... He won't have a body like mine, but I'm going to have a body like his. And when he comes, he'll rule with an iron rod. And the church shall march on up to Zion with him. He'll sit in David's throne. And the world that kicks us in the shins today will be curtsying when they go by in that time. Oh, when He comes back as the Son of Man in His day, honey, He's going to be in His day. But we're only going to look briefly at this verse 22 refers to Him as the Son of Man while He walked on earth with mankind. There's three things I want to look at. Number one, days you cannot forget. Number two, days you cannot fabricate. And then lastly, days you cannot find. Let's look at that. Days you cannot forget. He said, The days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man. I can surely testify the days (laughs) they will come. There'll be many times in your life that you would say, Jesus, where are you? Where are you at? Oh Lord, you could come right now and straighten all this out if you were here. If you haven't been through one of those days, just hang on honey, you're going to get there. Where you, he did not say if you pray. What did he say? When you pray. You see, he knows what it takes to get you to pray. Amen? He'll get you there. How many times since Jesus went to sit at the right hand of the Father, did the apostles long for just one day with him. How many times I've uttered this text standing at folks' lives who were destitute and helpless and hopeless. You know, I have a longing to see him. Just to look on his face. The old song says, get to heaven and can't find me, look for his feet, you'll find me there. To be in the pre- You know what's good about heaven? There is no night there. And when we get home, we're going to have one endless day of the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The disciples could never forget those days. How many times while they were with Him did throngs of people and multitudes of people, thousands of people, reach out to just touch Him? You remember that one woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years? She said, if I could just touch the hem of His garment, just the border of His garment... You see, at the bottom of the garment, the Jewish men wore this little tassel, and it represented the law of God. That was the border of it, that little tassel. And if you touch the tassel on a Pharisee's robe, he'd probably kick you or push you out of the way. But Jesus fulfilled the law, and when you touch just the tassel of his robe, You were made every whit whole. Y'all remember when she snuck up behind him and touched that? What'd he say? Who touched me? You know, you might think, well, Jesus felt a falter in his power. He felt weakened. Who did that? No, honey, that's not the way Jesus is. He has has all power. He's not going to get weak on you. Let me tell you what happens. When the lowest one among us will reach out by faith and just reach to touch him, he powers up with love and with, with compassion and with a thrill that someone would touch him. And he felt the surge of virtue as it went through his body and touched that woman. That's why when somebody gets saved, all of heaven rejoices. That's why I don't preach soul sleep. How are you going to sleep with somebody shouting every three seconds? <laughs> the disciples would never forget those days. There were times they would even throw their little ones, throw their babies at them that were dying because they knew if one of those babies come in contact with him, he's going to be healed. There were times when they would line people up by the thousands on the street and they would, cre- they would just scream out, Oh, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Come on by here, Lord. Don't pass me by. And then he gave his disciples authority. You remember that? That they might go out and teach and preach his name and heal folks and deliver those in bondage. Now, don't be confused. Miracles are no sign that you're saintly. For of the 12, who was also with them doing those same works? Judas was with them. So don't think for a minute that miracles is a sign of of righteousness or faith. They're a sign that Jesus is still in control. That's what miracles are. I want you to know they were days of the Son of Man as they walked with Him and saw Him perform miracles and even allowed them to get a little bit of it. They were days they would never forget. Do you have a day you'll never forget? But there are also days that you can't fabricate. Pretending to be in one of those days is really futile. He said, the days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you shall not see it. But even when Christ himself said you shall not see it, there are many folks that think they can fabricate the same kind of days. Now, I do not want you to mistake me. I believe that God is a God of miracles. I experienced it firsthand May 10, 1968, when a damned and doomed and dead spirit dried up, was regenerated by the power of the Holy Ghost when I asked Jesus to save my soul. I was washed in the blood of the Lamb, wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I became a new creation, the biggest miracle I've ever seen. And I've seen some I thought were miracles, but being born again, being born from heaven, is a miracle you never forget. Now I would challenge you today, if you, I don't remember ever having that, you, boy that's what the altar's going to be for tonight. You need to get a touch of Jesus, something you will never forget, but you can't fabricate it. We'll never have the same authority in this life that Jesus had in the days of the Son of Man. He said himself, not Mark Humble, he said, ye shall not See it. Now, don't mistake. Of course, I believe God can do anything. I do not believe in the doctrine of secession, which gets me in a lot of trouble with Baptist preachers. I'm not going to tell God what He can do and can't do it and when He can do it and where He wants to do it. I can't say, well, He doesn't do that anymore. Just as soon as I do, He'll make a liar out of me. I want to tell you right now, I don't believe that. God doeth what He doeth and God willeth what He willeth, and He can do anything but fail. He's a God of miracles. I believe that. But I will never be able to fabricate or come up with the same kind of days that they had during the Son of Man. If I really felt like I could fabricate it, we'd go get us about three lunches and solve world hunger. In Jesus' day, thousands, remember that day they brought them on stretchers? And they lined them up and down the road, thousands of people. And as he went by, He began to heal every one of them. And even the apostles had the authority they'd pass by and their shadow would heal folks. I want to tell you folks, we have the gifts of healings, that's an S on the end, which means if there's any healing you get, it's a gift from God. And we still see that. God heals. I'm glad that He heals. I'd be dead if He didn't heal. But I want to tell you something, you'll never see a day like the Son of Man. Not in this day. But honey, when He comes in His day, you're going to see more than you can imagine. But these are days that you cannot fabricate. They are days that you cannot forget. They are days that you cannot fabricate. Lastly, there are days that you cannot find. Well, maybe we could just see one of those days. You know, that's what we... Well, we want to see Jesus move just like he did back then. Maybe we could just get one where he would manifest himself just like he did when he walked on earth. Maybe he would appear... Because we mustered up enough faith and we prayed enough and we pressed in enough. Maybe we'll see the days like we had then. Jesus said, you shall not see it. Now I want to tell you, we'll see a lot of good stuff because we pray and because we're broken. But we'll never see a day like he had then. Well, maybe if we just got into a special place. Maybe Jesus is meeting in a special place. How many times have we heard that in our life? Jesus said Matthew 24, 23, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here's Christ, or there, he said, believe it not. Therefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he's in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he's in the secret chambers, believe it not. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Well, I'm from Seed and Tick, Texas. Let me put that in Seed and Tick language. <laughs> Wherever the buzzards is circling, they something dead in the middle. <laughs> I've seen it over and over through these years in the ministry. Jesus is over here, and everybody runs over there to see Jesus. Jesus is over there and everybody runs over there. Well, I just want to tell you all tonight, I'm real happy to report to you. He's right here. I said, he's right here. I feel him. He loves me, and I love him. I don't have to go looking for him. I talk to him. I hear his voice, feel his presence. Well, there are days you won't forget. There are days you can't fabricate, and there are days that you cannot find. Now let's make application. Why in the midst of all these miracles, all these wonderful days, does He turn to His disciples and say, Men, you're going for one of these days. Just one of them, but you're not going to find them. Why would He stop in the midst of this ministry and have to tell them that? Well, I can tell you why. How many of you remember at the feeding of the 5,000, the book of Mark, that he had sent the disciples out and they were so excited. Lord, we were teaching your your gospel. We were healing folks. And he said, you were right. We didn't need a coin purse or we didn't need any money. I imagine Judas had one. We didn't need all of that. How we'd we'd pray for somebody and mama would get healed. She'd get up and cook for us. We'd heal some man that couldn't work and his wife said, come on to the house. We're having chicken and dumplings and Lord... I'm telling you, if they, if they would have had to minister any much longer, they'd all look like me. And so he, the Bible says he told them, Don't you wear anything where you could hide a pocketbook in or that you would look like you had money. You're not going to need it because when you do the works of Christ, men will begin to bless you for that ministry that you're doing and people will help you a long last way. But if you remember, he said, Let's get in the boat. I'm going to give you a little rest. See, I'm not against rest. When when God calls you aside for you to get a little break from ministry, you need to take it. Because when He says to do it, He's got everything covered. He puts them in a little boat, remember that? And they go across the sea. Where is He at? He's up in a mountain praying, looking down. Do you think Jesus understood that there might come a storm? I think so. Do you mean that Jesus would let us go through a storm? He might. It'll wake you up. They were on the boat. The wind was contrary to them. But they shouldn't have been worried because Jesus was sitting up on high praying for them. Somebody said, Amen. You ought not to be worried. You ought not to be stressed when the storms of life come. You got one sitting on high that's praying for you. Well, he came walking on the water and they began to scream and holler. They thought they saw a ghost. They were so afraid. Even when He said, be not afraid, now it's me. And even when He stilled the storm, the disciples said, Lord, we never seen anything like this. And the Bible said they were so amazed. They were still shaken and rattled and afraid. Why were they in such a condition that when He said, it is I, be not afraid, they did not respond correctly? The Bible says in Mark six fifty-two, For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. They'd seen too many miracles. They'd seen too many deliverances. They'd heard too many teachings. They'd made, they had made this trip with Jesus. Remember when they came across that lake that day, the multitudes were there to meet him, waiting. Jesus saw him. Do you know, I love, I love the way the Bible puts things. See, he looked on the multitude and he had compassion. Isn't that just like Jesus? Of course, he'll have compassion on just one. He'll make a must needs journey just to talk to one. I know he did that when he came to me one on one. See, I still believe he's a personal Savior. Y'all believe that? Now we got that doctrine going around and these poor old goofy Baptists don't believe He's personal. He's the most personal Savior. He is the only personal Savior. He came to you and rescued you. But when they got to the other side, Jesus had compassion on the multitudes. He began to teach them. And do you remember what the disciples said after a spell? they it was getting late in the evening. They were in a desert place. There wasn't a chicken shack down the road or a hamburger joint anywhere. And the disciples said, Lord... Now, by the way, let me tell you, disciples don't give directives. Now, did you catch what I just said? Disciples don't give directives. They follow directives. So the disciples should never look at his Lord and tell him what to do. They must have been Baptists. And they turned to Jesus, who had compassion on the multitude. And if you remember what they said, Lord, send them away. Send them away. It's late in the evening. The people are tired. Where are they going to go? I love what Jesus said. They said, Lord, they're hungry. We don't have enough in the budget to do that. Of course, that's another reason we know they were Baptists. We don't have the numbers to do it. We're 12 men. We don't even have any young people to help do anything. We're just here by ourselves, Lord. What do you want us to do? And he said, i tell you what I want you to do, feed them. Were they able to feed them that day? And had 12 baskets left over. Folks, you will never go broke as long as you are meeting the needs of people that God has brought into your path. And so they did that. But you know, their hearts were hardened. And all through the New Testament, you'll find that Jesus has to address these disciples over and over about having a calloused, hardened heart. They were weary in well-doing. They had seen enough people saved and delivered and healed they were just tired. If you don't think that's true, you get in a church and a real revival break out. Brother Hunt had one one time down there in Port Natchez. And it just went on for days and days and days and days. And it, how, many, how long did that thing go over there? Seven weeks. Seven weeks, people getting saved every night. Sooner or later, do you know what somebody's going to say? Preacher. We're tired. We're, we're tired of seeing people saved. We're tired ty- because we're made out of this flesh and it gets weak. Some of you say, Lord, I'm getting tired of this sermon. <laughs> I'll never forget some of those days in the kingdom. Days I'll never forget. My father planted a little mission church over in Lamarck, Texas. Now, when I was a kid and we had revival meetings, they went for two weeks Sunday morning, Sunday night. Two weeks later, the last Sunday night, you were finally done after two weeks' revival. I had a buddy named Danny Hennington. We sat together in church, which I don't know how wise it was to let us do that. But anyway, we sat together in church. And it was the last night of the revival, and I was fixing to turn to Danny and say, thank God it's over. And I turned, and he was gone. He was down at the altar praying through to Jesus. And I don't know what to tell you. I guess it was my last stronghold. Little toe-headed bad boy. I don't know how it happened, but I knew it was now or never. And I stepped out. God saved my soul, washed me in His blood, wrote my name down. I've never been the same. I used to hate to go to church. Those folks in that church would pray on Wednesday night till 10 o'clock at night and leave pools of water from their tears on that old tile floor. Make a lost man just wear a hole in his jars having to sit through it. And so I got saved. And from that day forward, I didn't mind going to church so much. Matter of fact, it was downright exciting. I enjoyed it so. Have you ever gone somewhere you've never been before. It's, to me, that's the most exciting thing. Even if it's down in Podunk Holler, get in your car and drive off somewhere you've never been before and look at the sights on the way. I love to look at the churches. I say, look at that little church, how pretty. Then I'll see one, I said they must have been drunk when they built that one. <laughs> I like to see the houses people live in, the little hovels around where I'm from. You'll pass a house with a tin roof. They have about 20 tires up there. You know what that's for? to hold that tent on when the wind blows, you know, because uh, the nails had done rusted out 20, 30 years ago. And I look at, I just love to go somewhere new and see what's down that pig trail and what's down Sheep Lane, Brother Mike. And uh, we've been to those places. It was Possum Point and Coon Trot, and what was that? Yeah, Sheep Lane. It was pretty rough. But we got down in there. You get to see things you've never seen and it excites me even if it's that poor of a place. But I'll tell you, to take the same trip Over, back home. Over and back home. Back over there, back home. Back over there and back home. I'm looking at some folks been making this trip to church for many years. By the way, my hat is off to people that stay in the church for a long time. I'm telling you, I respect that. I love to see it. But let me tell you what will happen if you're not careful. You'll make that trip over and over. And the next thing you know, Jesus is saying, let me tell you something. You're going to long for just one of these days. There are people that we know, you and I both know. Oh, if they could be here tonight. Man, they would have loved to have been here tonight. And they'd wish for just one more time that they could be here tonight. But they can't find it. Honey, it takes care to take this same trip every time and be excited about it. I'm telling you, we ought to be excited to come to the house of God. We ought to be excited that someone may be saved. Maybe I'd get a touch from the Lord that I so desperately need down at the house of God. Maybe I would. If we can make a big circle, all of us together, around the lid of hell, and we could lift that lid up, we'd see the most horrifying, terrifying sight that we cannot even imagine. And we would probably hear many a soul saying, God, if you just give me one more day, one more day on earth, just one more. I'm telling you folks, the aisles would be flooded in every church across this world if they just had one more day. People need the Lord. But how long has it been since you confessed that you need him too, Christian? You need to wring out the life that's in every day. That old dish rag gets dry, but you just sometimes you just gotta wring it good to get a little water out of it. Days get hard. We get tired. Matter of fact, my whole family's tired. I knew you'd catch all just took you a while. How do you like these little private jokes I'm giving people? We used to have a preacher friend that he always say, I'm tired, I'm tired, my whole family's tired. So I was kind of making fun, I shouldn't have done that maybe. But anyway, <laughs> honey, if we could lift the lid off hell there, people would beg for one more time. I'll tell you what else would happen, church. We would remember what he's done for us. Somebody say amen. I never shall forget what he's done for me and if I could get a new vision and a glimpse of hell, I would look down in there and I would see a spot with my name on it, for before you're saved, you're a child of hell. You're not doing things to go to hell, you're already on your way. But if you're saved, you'd look down in there and you'd see an empty spot and there would be a shout go up from this house. Somebody say, glory to God, I know I'm saved. Thank God I've been born again. But maybe if we'd stay there just a little bit longer, we'd look down and we'd see some names of people that have not been saved. Loved ones, friends, millions been untold about the gospel. And after the shout, there would come a-weeping in this place. And when we got through weeping, We'd go out with tears, but doubtless we'd come back home bearing the sheaves with us. Folks, that's revival. That's how I got saved. We had three weeks of prayer meetings before the two week revival. I was wore out hearing these. Did you know that that little church had the audacity to call my name out one night in my very presence? And they prayed, Lord, he's going to go to hell if you don't save him. He's right going to the pit. He's already on the edge, swinging over it on the corn shuck." And I'm sitting there. They called my name out loud. I didn't sleep for a long time. But I'm telling you, that little church with 20 members, my father planted it, doubled the size of our church with one revival meeting. 28 souls were saved. And I was the last one made it in right before they closed the charter of that new church. Man, I'd love to go back. I'm going to someday. When they call that charter roll. But more importantly than that, I'm going to go to the very back and I'm going to sit where I was. And during the invitation, I'm coming down and I'm going to sit where I prayed through. And I shall never forget what He's done for me. Anybody in the house say, I just can't forget what He's done for me? Anybody? He's been good to us. But be careful, because we make the same trip over and over in our daily lives. And I would pray that somewhere along your journey, when you start getting bored again, and you start taking church for granted, maybe you will hear this haunting scripture. You will long for one of these days, but you won't find it. I think about my precious loved ones. Oh, if I just had one more day with some of them. Y'all know what I'm talking about, a lot of you older folks. My father pastored for 70 years and then God called him home. If I could just sit down one more day, my grandmother prayed up till two o'clock in the morning. You could hear her praying. Oh, just one more day with that grand soul. But not only do we understand the days of the Son of Man, we read a scripture about the Son of Man in his day. And when that happens, honey, we're going to be together with all the saints of glory. See all the saints it did that are now alive eternally. Well, we get ready for the invitation now, Brother Aaron, Brother Hunt. If you're here without Christ, you may have said this in your heart or maybe even out loud. If God is real, why doesn't He manifest Himself? Why doesn't he show himself? Well, number one, if he did, the essence of Jehovah would kill you. No one's ever looked at the essence Jehovah (laughs) and lived. Moses had to be hidden, didn't he? And and secondly, Jesus himself said, you're not going to have one of these days when you can look upon God face to face like you do right now. Besides that, God has already manifested himself in his son Jesus Christ. And when he made himself known to man, what did we do? We crucified him. The perfect son of God. I would pray tonight that if you're without Christ, that you would come. That you would give your life to him. And you'll never forget what he does for you. You'll have days you cannot forget. I can't fabricate the day I got saved. I can't pretend that I'm doing it over and over and over again because He gave me eternal life, not temporary life. But I can tell you what, I'm sure having some good days when I see other folks come to Jesus. If that's you, I beg you before it's too late, make sure there's an empty spot in hell tonight before you leave. You will never forget it now to the Christian I want you to bow your head no one looking around do you remember what the Lord has done for you he saved you washing his blood sealed you with the spirit how many times has he forgiven you when you said it's me again Lord I've done it again didn't he write your name in his book didn't he answer your prayers didn't he heal your body didn't he save your children and your loved ones? when I want to ask you, Christian, are you still excited about coming to church? Or are you just passing your days? It's time for you to remember that you will never be able to fabricate one of those days. But you can still have miracles in your life day by day the same one that saved you will make you ever whit whole and continuously love you and forgive you but I pray as the Lord passes through this building tonight during this invitation that you would say I want to touch him one more time I want to be excited one more time I pray that the rest of these Monday nights that you will be so excited, can't wait to get here. I pray you do a work in your heart. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you so much that you're here. You're not here bodily, but you're here by your spirit, through your word. I pray that you would move in the invitation. That there would be a renewal that we would take our journey with a song we'd take our journey with hope and faith that would never grow bored of seeing miracles we would never desire that it would be over and may we never commit such a terrible sin as to say lord send them away bless us tonight to do your will we ask in Jesus name Amen